0: Thank you. Good morning, fellow redeemed. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you found ignorance to be blissful? It can be, I suppose, but more often than not, I think we'd agree it's usually more so harmful. Certainly the case when it comes to sin, isn't it? As Pastor Stafford pointed out earlier in the week, we dare not walk around with an attitude of, I'm forgiven, let's go out and get drunk. You know better than that. You are not going to be able to stand before God on the last day and claim ignorance and say, but God, I didn't know that was wrong. And just in case... Maybe this is me more as the dean than as a pastor. Uh, As the dean, in case we aren't clear on this point, Pastor Stafford wasn't just talking about sins of alcohol, misuse, and abuse. He was saying we can't have that attitude no matter what sin you and I struggle with in day in, day out, whether it be in thought, word, and deed. When it comes to our sinfulness and those sins that we struggle with, we cannot stand before God and plead ignorance by saying, But God... Everybody else was doing it. I thought it was fine. But God, the men and women who are sinners like me, ruling the state and the country, said it was okay. But God, I was young and foolish, and I didn't think it was actually going to be that kind of big deal. Such excuses of ignorance will not hold up in the court of God on the last day when you and I have to stand before him when we die. Now, speaking of death. St. Paul today tells us that that is a topic we don't want to be ignorant on either. What you don't know about death can lead to unnecessary grief, and even worse, unending pain. And so in reality, when it comes to death, ignorance is not bliss. Paul, writing to the Thessalonians in his first epistle, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 13, says, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Like the bride-to-be who's devastated when grandma dies just a couple days before the big wedding, The Thessalonian Christians were sitting on pins and needles. They were concerned. They thought their brothers and sisters in Christ were maybe who had already died were going to miss out on Christ's triumphant return. Not so says St. Paul right here in this text. No, Christians who have died before Christ's return are not going to miss out. In fact, they're going to have a front row seat. They're going to participate in the resurrection of the dead at Christ's side. And so it's no wonder then why St. Paul says here that when a Christian dies, you and I, we do not have to be filled with grief and sorrow and act as if there's no hope. Death for a Christian means falling asleep in the arms of Jesus. Generally speaking, children do not fear falling asleep in the arms of their parents. It's usually there that they find warmth, they find protection. And so, for the Christian, when we die, in a sense, it's like falling asleep in dad's arms at grandma's house and then waking up the next day and finding yourself in your warm, cozy bed at home. That's what Paul's saying here. Now, what's going to happen to your body when you die? When we die, our body is going to be buried or it's going to be cremated. Either way, we know from the bible our bodies are going to return back to the dust that they were originally formed from and so does this mean that you're never going to get to hold the hand of your child again does it mean you're not going to be able to have another hug from a parent or your spouse or, or from a friend absolutely not well, paul tells us here that on judgment day jesus is going to raise all the dead and, In Scripture, in John 5, he tells us both believers and unbelievers will be raised from the dead. In his letter to the Corinthians, he says that not only will will we be raised, but again, when believers are raised up, according to this text, on the last day, our bodies will then be transformed to be perfect and holy, and our bodies will be reunited with our soul. And as he says in 1 Corinthians... He tells us then, Paul does, that our bodies will then be glorified. We're not going to have a body that's going to get sick and die ever again. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be holy. Think of it in a way kind of like on how a caterpillar transforms, right? It starts out and looking like it's not, but it looks like a fat, hairy bug, like a fat, hairy worm. But then it turns into a beautiful butterfly, and so the reminder for us Christians is, is that we should be excited for this day. We should not be sorrowful whatsoever to leave this body behind, no matter how beautiful or how ripped you are currently. Now, that's great for the believer that dies and then is raised up on the last day. But what if, what if you and I remain to the very end until Christ return? Again, Paul says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. For believers that are alive, this is going to be a quick experience. But it's not going to be something scary. It's not like a mouse being picked up by an eagle suddenly and taken up into the sky. It's going to be quick like that, but it won't be scary because you and I, we are going to be drawn to Jesus himself where he's going to call us to him in the clouds. And there we will be reunited with our brothers and sisters in Christ that have already been raised and been brought back to life. And our bodies too, our bodies will also be changed so that we have a body that is going to have no more sin, no more pain, no more disability. And how can you believe this? That's simple, Paul says here. He says, we can believe it because Jesus lived and died for us and then he rose again. That's what he says there in verse 14. Faith in Jesus, given and sustained through the means of grace, is that peace then that links us to these experiences. And so in that way, and it's a failing illustration, but still, in that way, faith operates kind of like a rope that's been tied to the back of a ski boat, In theory, when you grab onto that rope, you are supposed to go wherever the boat goes. If the boat goes right, you go right. If the boat goes in a circle, you're supposed to go in a circle. Well, and again, in the same way, that's what's going to happen to us when we die. Just as Jesus died, we're going to die someday, but it's not going to be our end. And just as Jesus was raised from the grave, you and I, we are going to burst forth from the grave one day. And just as Jesus has been given a perfect, glorified body, you and I are going to get that body again one day as well. Unfortunately, though, Scripture tells us that those who don't believe in Jesus as the Savior are going to experience something totally different on Judgment Day. We know that all the dead, including unbelievers, will be raised that day, but they're going to be raised to give an account of their rejection for Jesus. And so again, that's why I say when it comes to death, ignorance is definitely not bliss. Rejecting Jesus is like pushing away a life preserver that somebody throws you when you're drowning. That's really kind of an earthly picture of it. And we know that God typically does not destroy the unbeliever in this life. But he will, the Bible says, punish the individuals that reject him in hell forever. And so especially in the day and age that you and I live in, the question is going to be raised, well, how can a God, how can a God of love do something like that? Think about a mother's love for her baby. No matter how stinky... And how smelly and how sticky that baby gets. She loves that baby. And because she loves that baby, she's going to clean him up. She's going to wash that baby. Well, that's the same thing for you and me, my friends. In the same way, if we are going to live with God forever in heaven, you and I, we have to be washed clean of every one of our sins through the word and the sacraments. And so that's what God did. God washed you and me in the waters of baptism with the blood of his own son shed on the cross. That's how much Jesus, that's how much God the Father loves you. But those who don't love that act of love, those who reject that act of love. In all honesty, they're a lot like the teenager who continues to do drugs even after mom and dad have paid for rehab. There's gonna come a point in that teenager's life where they are going to have to stand up and they're gonna have to face the consequences for their choices and their actions and for their throwing away of their own love of the parents and so the Bible reminds us not to fall into that group because that's the reminder that one day the unbeliever will have to stand before God and give an account. As you read through this text, folks, I truly believe that the first person ever to come up with the phrase ignorance is bliss did not come up with that as they were standing there looking down into the grave of a loved one. Because again, as we're reminded this morning, what you don't know about death and dying can hurt you. And it can be something more than just an uncomfortable hurt, but it can be an unending hurt. And so my prayer for each one of us here, everybody listening, wherever you are right now, is that we take to heart right now Paul's words that he has spoken to us. Because the reminder is that when we do, those who die believing in Jesus... You don't need to fear death because you are simply going to fall fall asleep in your Savior's arms and then find yourself awaking to all the glories of heaven that are yours by faith. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Amen. Please rise for prayer. O God, your kingdom is present among us in the gospel and in the sacraments. Prepare us for the coming of the Son of Man, absolve us from our offenses, free us from the bonds of all of our sins, and deliver us by your bountiful goodness and grace. We pray this through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Go in peace. Amen.